You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. We are back, and we are happy to tell you that there was an amazing event this weekend, an event like no other ever. We had WrestleMania this weekend, and I know wrestling is not everyone's cup of tea and everything, but this was really unique. It was for the first time you had WrestleMania over two nights, and on top of it, you had no audience. It was pretty amazing. And so WWE had to play around and, you know, take, you know, juggle and try to make this into something really unique. And they did in a lot of ways. And we're going to talk all about it tonight. And we got a great crew, as always, to talk about it. But of course, we have my co-host, who is no stranger to the square circle, Mr. Mike Gordon himself. Howdy. How are you this week, sir? All right. I am uh, glad to be your tag team partner on this uh, on this episode. See what I did there? Bring it I, all in. You see oh, that? You see well, that? You have to remind people that we were once the WWE Tag Team Champions. Sure. Sure we were. Yeah. I have the pictures to prove it. <laughs> so. Yes, that, uh, that was long ago. Uh, I don't expect us to make a comeback like Edge. No, I don't think anyone wants to make a comeback like Edge did. That was very unique. Very. So, is this episode so big we can't contain it? It's going to take up two podcasts? No. Entirely. No. And, (laughs) you know, we don't have a wrestling podcast for ESO. So, you know, we basically, you know, decided to talk a little bit about wrestling. It's been a while since we've actually dived into it. And we got a great bunch of people alex autry is going to be dropping by and a couple of their friends will be by later so it should be interesting to do and we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com definitely would love to hear from you guys please 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 you know let us know how you guys are doing did you guys watch wrestling did you watch any movies there's a lot of things out there you know we're almost seeing first run movies now on the tv right away and you know we'll talk about that even in a little bit so it's it's just really interesting things that are going on and we want to know how you guys are coping with everything hopefully you guys are safe your families are safe and if you're dealing with anything please you guys you know let us know we definitely would love to you know you know help you guys out any way we can possibly you know we're just voices on the podcast but you know we're also people and you know we do care most of us do at least, you know, so it's a good thing. You know, I care, Mike cares, you know, I'm not so sure about JD, you know, he just whistles all the time and just walks away and hums. You know what? JD's ahead of been ahead of all of us through this whole thing. I mean, if there's one person on this planet who uh, practiced the art of social distancing, uh, it's JD. I mean, we haven't seen him what in years, almost a decade, right? Um, it's been a while. <laughs> 
It, it has been a while, but it's been good. His presence is always felt on the station. Yeah, he's been under quarantine, uh, self-quarantined. Uh, airlock number six, I think. I don't know. I lost track of him. So yeah, I know. You know, he's not in the same airlock with Bobby Nash anymore. I've heard they split off. You know, they went to different airlocks. So it really was an odd couple situation. It was most definitely, and you know, I don't know which one was which though. That's the only problem with it. So no, they they were much their own. Exactly, they did their own thing. So it's better that way. So definitely, with us jumping in and you know seeing how everybody is doing in these times, it's just it's just really interesting that you know entertainment itself is completely changing. We saw it, you know, with wrestlemania this weekend we've seen it on other wrestling programs that they can't have studio audiences and stuff and you know most of the game shows in hollywood and new york have shut down because they can't have audiences either and it's just it's just interesting you know baseball has been put on hold you know basketball and hockey no sports no sports no sports 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 yeah, no, no sports yeah. at all. No sports. No, no. Uh, yeah. Now, one thing I, I, I wondered, and I haven't really even looked into this. This is how uh, not uh, here. I'm clueless about the late night situation. Um, I've seen clips of uh, a couple of guys like uh, Jimmy Kimmel or whatever, um, uh, posting like clips on Instagram and Facebook or whatnot. Are they actually doing their show from their living rooms? Or are they just stay are the is it just reruns at night and then they're just playing clips like during the day it depends on the show and some shows are doing mix of some new stuff from people's living rooms and others are actually doing you know some of the stuff where you have shows going up and you know just recording all brand new stuff but they can't really interview you know, celebrities and stuff or for talk shows. So I know a lot of it's just reruns. So I'm sure it's tough because I've seen even stuff like The Daily Show with, you know, Trevor Noah. And, you know, you also had uh, Jamie Oliver on HBO and, you know, it's John, just, Oliver. John Oliver, sorry. John Jamie, Oliver. Jamie's, Jamie's the food guy. That's right. John Oliver. <laughs> You got food on your mind again. I'm hungry. What can I say? You know, <laughs> wrong network. I know. I know. I know. It's it's interesting. They're all starting to blur together. It's just like the days. It's like you know. It, it's like when I talk to my parents about what's like. Oh, you know, if they say, "Oh, we saw an interesting show the other day," I'm like, "What channel was that on?" And they're like, "Um, you know, it's they don't know. They don't know if it was on streaming. They don't know if it was on the channel on cable. They don't know if it was on." Uh, what does my mom call it? The Netflix uh, uh, on Amazon. She, yeah, it's all blended in and they don't know. And it's, it, it, look, it gets hard to keep track of all that stuff. Exactly. It's, it's just interesting. You know, it's all blurring together. I don't, you know, it's like half the time with what channel, I don't remember which one it's on. It's like, wait a minute, Picard is on which one now? And, or, or if you go Breaking Bad, oh, that's Netflix? You know, you just have to try to decide, you know, which show is on which. And it's just, it's getting worse and worse. It's even gotten to the point now where it's like, if I'm on one streaming service, I'm on Netflix and I watch something and I'm like, oh, I'd like to watch something else. And I'm like, 
uh oh you, you know it would be good let me watch this show and i'm like oh no that show's on another streaming service and i'd have to get out of this one and like go into this one and click this button and get the other remote and i'm like now just stick with this streaming service. you've gotten that lazy you've gotten that lazy i really have <laughs> oh i don't want to push those buttons oh, oh i don't want to handle the other well yes i mean yes yeah i don't want to switch streaming services that's too hard that's too much oh. work this we literally are becoming the human race that was in the movie wally you know basically you know want just laying in couches all day and just like sitting and drinking uh protein shakes and it, you know pixar predicted the future yeah it's pretty scary how quickly we are becoming that kind of society and it's weird though when you do go outside it's like whoa what is going on what is that stuff oh it's pollen oh i'm going back inside so it's it's just horrible it is really really horrible it is it is um so well that's interesting i didn't like i said i i'm not up on the uh, whole late night scene so i had no idea you know who was who was still working um or if they were just showing reruns you know you'd think that would be easiest but um and instagram and youtube and such are the big winners in this because a lot of musicians are posting free concerts and you know and even facebook is doing that now but it's you know or patreon or there's so many different ways now to see because these artists are not being able to go out on the road so they're or recording in front of an audience like you said with late they're getting going to the studio now no they they can't can't, not a not a professional studio they they, i mean if they have got one in their house they can do that but if they they want to if like they're working on a record yeah they gotta they gotta keep that at home Nope, exactly. And that's the craziness about it is that you don't have, you know, many outlets that you could do. But because of streaming and video and such, you are able to do it now. And that's what a lot of the late night people, you know, I've seen Stephen Colbert. I've seen Jimmy Fallon. What Jimmy Fallon actually did something with Weird Al. I saw that. Uh, you know, recently, and he didn't That's know Weird cool. Al. And I recommend anything. people see that. Oh, the one more minute with you? That was yeah. awesome. That was really awesome. And there's just so much out there, and it's a great distraction when you're home because so many people are getting, you know, very, you know, cabin fever or very, you know, especially people who are more outgoing and always on the go and stuff. They Thank are. You. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> actually, Judy is actually shocked how well I've taken to being home all the time. I Has there been uh, a day where you haven't left the house? Um, I've almost gone a week at a time where I haven't left the house. Wow. You know, I've you gone, still had to go do errands and stuff. No. You know, I usually, if I go out, I'll go out on a Sunday or something. We've had the same tank of gas since... We went to Asheville three weeks, actually four weeks ago now. Wow. And that's how little we've driven. And, you know, and my car is still above half a tank. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we haven't, you know, we haven't had to, you know, drive or anything like that. There's no reason for it. I'll go through a walk through the neighborhood or something and stay away from people. But I won't go i don't go to the stores if i don't have to or whatever i've like this last weekend i had to go to costco to get dog biscuits 
and I wanted to see what people were, you know, saying with, you know, no toilet paper and how much was stripped away and such. Stuff is still hard to find, but we actually did find toilet paper at Costco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I actually took a paper a picture of it and put it up on my Facebook page and said, what is this strange thing? Yeah, I think I've seen, uh, Michelle said when she was at the grocery store, she saw toilet paper as well. So I think that's starting to, starting to, I think people have realized, oh, we have enough. And uh, finally, that's not such, it, yeah, it's not a thing. I think, it, you know, it's still coming out. Uh, paper no towels pun are still kind of, tri- yeah. <laughs> paper towels are still uh, trying, uh, kind of hard to get, but um uh, so, uh, yeah. but we're, yeah, we're, we're a few weeks away from needing that. But I, I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, the other day and I'm like, man, you remember when we used to like say, Hey, what, uh, movies have you seen? What concerts have you been to? What conventions have you been to? Like, did you go to something last week? Now we're like, how was your trip to the grocery store? Wow. You know, just life is exciting. <laughs> and <early. laughs> uh trips to the grocery store and uh whatever like uh have been uh replaced uh those are the exciting things we do mm-hmm. it's pretty darn amazing it's just it, our whole culture our sense of excitement has changed so much what is it like out in the real world are there still people you know there and are there's still a lot of people out there and there's still a lot of people like within close proximity of one another i know people are so stupid I'm I'm sorry to say that, you know, I shouldn't be putting people down and stuff like that, but it's just, why are they doing this and putting each other in risk? And it's these people who are, you know, having crowds of up to 18,000 people or such. It's just, it's just ridiculous. And you, or if you go to a park, you know, the people are walking and hiking and running and everything. And it's just like, dudes, the parks are supposed to be closed. You're not supposed to be doing this. And a friend of mine sent me a picture from the Washington Post, and it's not a fake picture or anything. Down at the Fisherman's Wharf, people were out down there walking around. Like, it was like nothing. It was like, it was packed. And I was just like, I just don't get it and everything. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's strange. And and I think, you know, we are starting to see people, you know, some people are kind of getting used to the idea and other people are, I mean, you know, it's week three or four for some people, you know, and, and it, you know, that's when it's, it's, you start to get kind of punchy. It's like, okay, the vacation for a couple of weeks was fun, but uh, now we want to kind of do stuff and uh, yeah, but for a while this is the new norm so we'll make the best of it and uh on on one hand i've heard that you know like you were saying that um you know um facebook and and youtube and and instagram and and social media has gone up uh and and people have turned to that more and i also have uh heard and seen a little bit of evidence that podcasting is kind of up uh not only do people have time to record podcasts but more people are listening to podcasts just because it's just one more thing for them to be able to do. Uh, they can do it while they're around the house, while they're cleaning, while they're doing this, that, and the other thing. They don't have to sit on the couch and watch. They're not, you know, watching something. Instead, they're kind of doing stuff, but they're still kind of, you know, interact in some ways, like feel like they're interacting with people. No, very much so. It's a way of making yourself feel like, you know, 
I know some people, a lot of Twitch games and a lot of, you know, people who watch other people play video games or such is huge numbers have gone up. Our numbers have gone up. Actually, people are listening to Earth Station One. Can you believe that? I no, I don't. I never believe that. No, I, I didn't think you would, but I tried to make you feel better with that. <laughs> but it's pretty darn awesome that, you know, people are listening and they need forms of entertainment and we're glad we could be a voice for that. And a lot of these places are being very original with what they're trying to do with, you know, podcasting or events and stuff. You know, I was listening to a podcast that I usually listen to and I'm not going to name the podcast or anything, but they were doing a drinking party, you know, like a mixer and they were having people call in to their podcast and conversations and stuff. I thought it was pretty darn awesome that they were doing stuff like that. Just original stuff or, you know, people going around, you know, do your desert Island favorites, you know, what are you, what 10 movies would you have to be left with and everything? And, you know, I prepare that for your rants and raves for next week, Mikey, just warning. (laughs) But, uh, but it's just like, you know, thinking of things to come about, but they're being original. They're being, you know, unique with what they're talking about. And it's pretty darn awesome. So it's, it's neat that people are doing that. And it's cool that, you know, people are just not shutting off and, you know, there are still people want to be with the real world, but then there's the bad side to it too. You know, I heard, you know, people are, committing suicide because they're stuck in the house or they're hurting themselves or hurting others in their house. Domestic violence is up. Uh, I know divorce is going to be huge after this. Thing. Well, divorce <laughs> and, you know, uh, pregnancies, pregnancies, uh, yeah. you know, are going to be up, I think. Um, and they're supposed oh. to keep six feet apart. How is that possible? Um, but uh, I don't wow, even... that's really impressive. <laughs> I know, right? Um, uh, yeah, and look, I mean, there's a lot of you know, there's a, a lot of uh, people are, are still scared. Uh, people are anxious. People are desperate. People uh, don't know what's going on. They don't know who to trust. It's there's a lot of uh, negative feelings out there, and uh, you know, um, I don't want to ignore that or make light of that at all. Uh, because, you know, as, um, you know, cause we're all feeling it to some extent, I think, and, uh, some more than others. And certainly if there's anybody out there that is feeling that way, there are resources that you can go to, to, to help you out there. It, it just don't feel like, you know, even though you might be alone in your house, uh, you know, you're not alone. No, very much so. It's basically, there are crisis hotlines. A lot of folks who have, if you have a local community, they have hotlines, crisis centers. They're definitely right there at your fingertips. And if you feel like you just need to talk to somebody, there's somebody out there for you. Yeah, there's a lot of things that have shut down and that's not one of them. (laughs) So those resources are not one of those. So uh, feel free to take advantage of those. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think we can post a few in the show links in the the show notes if if you like as well to help you out. Oh, very much so. And a lot of those are free and you don't have to worry about cost or anything like that. So, you know, Definitely these are trying times, folks, but we're going to make it through. That's a guarantee. We are going to definitely make it through. Absolutely. And we're going to try to have fun doing it. Damn straight. Right? So 
Speaking of fun, you ready to talk about some wrestling? Wrestling. Let's go to WrestleMania. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back in a moment. Hi, this is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Buzz. And it feels kind of surreal to say that because I got into such a habit of doing these weekly box office blurbs where I talk about the new movies coming out at the box office this weekend, something you just take for granted. But it's so strange in this time of pandemic and quarantine that movie theaters are shut down. New movies aren't coming out. And it's just, it's really weird. It's not something that I ever would have envisioned experiencing. And just going to the Rotten Tomatoes website for the first time today in a long time and seeing an absence in that section of the website where they would advertise the scores of the new movies coming out this week and also the list of the movies that have performed best at the box office. And that's just all empty. And then we also have these news reports that big theater chains like AMC Movie Theaters may not have enough assets to open up again after this pandemic is over. And as somebody who has one movie theater in my town, it is an AMC movie theater, you know, concern about what if that goes away? You know, what if I don't have easy access to see new movies? That's something that I have such a passion about and like to go see the new movies and talk about it and blog about it and podcast it. But it's just something that we're all experiencing together right now. And it's a weird time. It's a scary time. But it is good to know that at least, you know what, we are all in this together. We are all experiencing it. And people are still finding ways to connect and share about geek content, even when a lot of our ordinary avenues are closing down or we're limited from doing that for now. So instead of talking about the new movies and Coming to movie theaters, it may be a long time before I get to do that again, but we do have some new stuff coming out on DVD that I want to talk about. One of them is Little Women. It had a lot of Oscar buzz back around the time of December, January. I really enjoyed it. It's not my most favorite adaptation of Little Women. There are some previous ones that I enjoyed a little bit more, but it's very, very good. It's a nice, cozy movie, extremely well-made and well-acted, worth checking out if you're a fan of classic literature. Also on DVD is the movie Cats. Now, normally, there is no way I would touch this horrifying abomination, but I have found that in the midst of a global pandemic, when everything is basically horrifying and crazy. I'm actually tempted to watch Cats just to see how crazy and how bad it is. This could be the type of movie that is perfect for you to watch all stream at the same time with your friends and comment on just how absolutely ludicrous it is. So like I said, I would never consider watching this movie under ordinary circumstances, but we're all having to get creative to find some ways to entertain ourselves during this crazy time. So there is that. And that's it for this week's box office buzz. If you're looking for more entertainment related content, I'm still blogging over on the ESO podcast website, pretend, uh, planning to continue my Butter Late Than Never Goes West blog series and seeing what I can find available on streaming. Welcome to the double feature picture show. What do you want to see? Well, I want to see something really good and something really bad. Like maybe Total Recall and Junior? Sure. 
Or the Rocketeer and Country Bears. Absolutely. Maybe even Dogma and Yoga Hoses. I mean, of course. Who programs such cinematic excellence and hot garbage together? Why, only the double-edged double bill, my good man. Available on the ESO Network and wherever you get podcasts. That's right, brothers. It's time to get started talking all about WrestleMania. Let's take it away, Mr. Mikey. Let's go, Mean Mike. Mean Mike. All right. Well, uh, yeah, WrestleMania 36 happened, and it was too big for just one night. And, of course, it's too big for us to cover with just the two of us. So we've got with us uh, Alex Autry is back in the station. Remotely, of course. (laughs) Howdy, sir. They How need nicknames. You? They totally need nicknames, man. I, uh, my wife always liked uh, Guillotine for me. So Alex the Guillotine Autry. Ah. It's, my, it's also my UFC fighter name. Okay, okay. Should we ask the origin or no? Uh, it, it, was better, it was better than, uh, than Spanish Assassin because I am neither Spanish nor an assassin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we also have with us returning, this is a surprise entrant into our uh, WrestleMania coverage, and it is a return. It hasn't been quite nine years, so it's not like an edge thing, but it's been a long time for uh, Gerald from Pop Culture Cosmos. Gerald, welcome back to the station. Oh, I'm here? I thought I was Zoom bombing. (laughs) That's why he was waving like a maniac. Hi, Mom! (laughs) Your mom mom doesn't listen. Don't worry. Nobody does. Oh, that's okay. Well, it's great to be here. I want to thank you so much for allowing me to share my opinions on the wonderful two-day weekend that was known as WrestleMania. That will always now be known as WrestleMania 36. Yeah, Uh, I know a lot of people are saying it's going to be known as something else, but we'll go into that later. Interesting. All right. Well, um, let's get started uh, just real briefly. Uh, talk about like what were your thoughts going into this year at WrestleMania. And, Gerald, let's start with you on that. Well, I had talked to the guys on our show on PCC Multiverse that aired last Friday. I, I, we talked about it and also as well uh, the second part of the interview itself in regards to that, that's going to air this week also on the ESO Network on the Pop Culture Cosmos about the two-day event itself. Um, And I want to focus on that first. I think it's something that they need to look into. I know they're not getting quite the response that they were hoping for. I think as far as trending worldwide, the company as a whole. But I think under the circumstances, I'm going to be somewhat, uh, you know, a little bit nicer than what I would normally be had it been a full wrestling card under normal circumstances. They were given extraordinary circumstances. In fact, a lot of people wanted them to not even have a show take place. But I think under the circumstances, they pulled off something fair. Uh, there were some real highs, you know, uh, there were there some highs, I should say, but there were some real low lows. And we'll also get into that a little bit later. But yes, under the circumstances, they were given, I think it was just, like I said, something that they pulled off. And I, I, it is my sincerest hope that they look into seriously a you know it WrestleMania becoming a two day event because WrestleMania as a one day event it's just way too damn long. Well, as it is, it's become I mean uh, a five day event um, because you have I mean the plan was with SmackDown on Friday, 
uh, well, actually, sorry, Hall of Fame on Thursday, SmackDown Live on Friday, uh, NXT TakeOver on Saturday, WrestleMania on Sunday, the Bra afterwards on Monday. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a full Dragon Con weekend. I mean, that's like, that's like, that's huge. Uh, but that, so, but the, what it captures the attention of the general public is those two days, you know, the the rest, the time sure, of WrestleMania sure, the for main, the most part. The main, right. Yeah, and, yeah, I get that. And we talked about structuring it a little bit differently. I mean, they have the Wednesday night slot already for NXT. Why not make it a special event, NXT TakeOver then? Then, like you said, goes into maybe a Hall of Fame on Thursday, then goes into SmackDown on Friday. That sets up WrestleMania for the entire weekend. And then, like you said, uh, of course, the Raw comes out right after it, maybe even do the draft on the Monday night raw after it. So there you go. I mean, you've got, like you said, six days worth of special events. I know that they do that already with the WWE fan fest and all that centers around there, but it would be nice if they just go ahead and make it more of a television event over the course of that six day period and get everyone else involved. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I have to give, you know, one thing that, uh, you know, you can definitely say about Vince and company is that they don't lack cojones, right? Uh, going into this year's WrestleMania, they, you know, they lost the venue due to the permits or whatever taken. Uh, they lost their, um, you know, audience as far as the crowd. Uh, there is a lot, they have a limited roster that they can use from. And yet, despite all that, they went ahead and they said, you know what, we're going to make this two nights. <laughs> like they doubled down. It was really um, impressive uh, with, uh, you know, 16 matches on the card, as well as two, um, you know, pre-show matches or whatever. Um, Alex, what about you? What were your thoughts going into this weekend and what it might look like? And, and were you excited? Uh, this weekend was more of, um, and I hate to use the phrase morbid curiosity. Uh, but that's kind of where I was. I was kind of at a point where I was like, okay, um, as far as the main product goes, I haven't been watching for weeks. Um, the idea of watching the empty shows doesn't interest me. The idea of watching repeats of older matches doesn't interest me. Um, so I, I kind of just had fallen off, but uh, went into it with uh with some picks and some favorites and some thoughts that that of what could happen and what might happen and honestly um and i, I think including my my predictions mentioned on uh on pop culture and i believe i got more than half of them wrong so um you know overall considering what they had to work with and considering how they had to put it together I honestly feel like the WWE put on the best performance that they could. And they had some banger matches that were just sensational um, while others were decent. Um, others were not. <laughs> you know, um, I'm honestly, it's, it's funny. I, I think about it, uh, the overall card uh, of both nights and two matches for me. I just felt did not deliver. And there were two of the, and there were two of the biggest matches on the show. I believe I know which two matches you speak of. And yes, I, uh, um, I'm going to be interested to talk about those as well. Uh, but Mike, I want to hear from you. I, I know that, you know, uh, you know, you kind of keep up with the product as well. 
But uh, what were your thoughts going into this? Like Alex, I don't really watch the TV shows. I mostly read about them afterwards, like read the reviews and, you know, the the updates and the highlights and everything. So I know what's going on with the wrestling. And so, but WrestleMania is different. It's one of the pay-per-views that I love watching each year. It used to be a tradition when William was growing up. Him and I would sit in front of the TV, get a pizza, have popcorn, you know, all the junk food you could think of. And it was great to do it. Or we would go to a bar with you, Mike. You remember when we used mm-hmm. to go to watch it on great. the big screens and everything? And it very was, awesome. And it was just, it was always fun to do. But, you know, but, and it was always like special because WrestleMania is like the Super Bowl. It's, you know, an event to get the family together. And this year I was going in with a little bit of a trepidation because I didn't know what to expect. You know, could they pull it off? Could they have, you know, something that's going to hold people's interest for two nights? And, you know, how are they going to arrange the matches and how are they going to do it? And I think they overall succeeded in what they were working with. Like Alex said, I think they did great for what they did. I was disappointed with a little bit of the outcomes, but that's normal for any kind of wrestling event or any sporting event. You know, you know, whenever you're rooting for a team or a player or whatever, but it was always awesome to be able to watch it and cheer along. And I was there in my recliner watching it and cheering along the whole thing. And it was a weird experience. It felt like watching very, very early practices of wrestling when they are, you know, because that's what they do. They do it in an empty arena and everything. And, but they were doing their heart out and, you know, they have to hand it to these guys to do it. But it was kind of weird when some of them were milking for the crowd and there was no crowd there. And we'll talk all about that. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, that's one thing I've noticed that, cause I have been watching the product, um, um, all three of the shows, uh, NXT is my favorite, but I've been keeping up with raw and SmackDown as well. You know, granted that fast forward button, I use that a lot when I'm watching, uh, both SmackDown and Raw, but, um, uh, and yes, it's been very strange to watch it without, uh, an audience there because I mean, they've, they, it's not so much for me, but for them, they feed off the audience. I mean, that, that determines a lot of what they do out there. Um, and so it is really interesting to not have that. Um, but there's been some, you know, with with what they've been doing, I think uh, they've in- instituted some things that might actually end up changing the product going forward, and that's going to be really interesting to say because to see because I think there were some things here that they've done that I was like, oh, I kind of like this now. Um, uh, but I think the other thing that um, I was concerned with was I kept hearing that uh, they were pre-taping a lot of content uh, before. WrestleMania. So it wasn't going to be live, you know, it was going to be, it was going to air, you know, but it wasn't like the matches. And I don't know which ones were actually filmed in ahead of time and which ones were live. All of it. What's that? Not a single thing was live. <laughs> no, the whole, the whole show was filmed uh, a week before the, the pay-per-view actually was to take place. I figured, you, I, couldn't, um, and, I figured you couldn't have that many people in the performance center at the same time. 
Right. And there's a couple of times when you can actually uh, register it, not just from the editing. There's a moment in Charlotte and Rhea's match uh, where Rhea's on the ground and then half a second later, she's kicking uh, Charlotte. Yeah, I didn't know if that was just my um, network connection or <laughs> no. <laughs> sometimes nope, it jumps like that. That's that's a bad edit. The, the only time um, I really no, noticed all it the matches, was the uh, the Randy Orton Edge match. That was like that was it. Oh, you yeah, you could tell big time. Yeah. Yeah. Um And the uh, there's actually a moment in which Todd Phillips mentions uh, on night two that um, uh, Rob Gronkowski was robbed of the twenty four seven title earlier this earlier tonight. <laughs> Uh, is his exact quote and it's like no it was it was supposed to be last night but it also explains why Gronk didn't bother to change clothes between night yeah I know he he, he parties yeah. 24 hours man I mean that's a uh, 30 30 hours, hours. <laughs> 30 hours that's what he said 30 hours if he just said 36 hours it at least would have made sense with yeah, and if he ta- talked about him being a two-time world champion again I was going to throw my something at my tv <laughs> All right, so uh, so that was our thoughts going in. Overall, I was excited for the card, though. I thought there was a lot of good matchups that, that I look forward to, and I was really curious to see whether or not uh, they could deliver um, in this weird, strange environment. Uh, so, um, you know what? Uh, I think we've got enough time. So real quickly, we're just going to go through the card and, and see what uh, you guys have to say. I'm going to skip the – unless you guys want to talk about any of the pre-show stuff, uh, I'm going to skip the heck out of it. No, that. I'm good. Uh, but uh, let's start with um, – I thought the best way to start this, too, was with uh, the women's tag team match. Um, in my mind, if they had gotten a chance to be in Tampa Stadium, if they had had a chance to – uh, to do, you know, their full show with a full crowd. I was really looking forward to u- using some sort of uh, connection with the theme of WrestleMania, with being at the, uh, you know, the home of the Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, to do something with Kyrie Stane and and her, you know, pirate character, her pirate gimmick, right? Um, yeah. So uh, the fact that they were allowed, they came out first. I kind of thought, okay, I don't know. You know, I'd like to think that that was the plan all along. That, like, the first ones out would have been, you know, them on some sort of, you know, mock pirate ship or something coming down to the. It would have been, it would have been bunkers, and it would have been cool. Like, uh, I could see them totally selling that. Um, but as it was, Raymond, I'm sorry. I was going to say Raymond James Stadium, of course, has a pirate sure. ship in it. Yep. Uh, would have been very cool to at least gotten a shot of her on the pirate ship, uh, maybe swinging down uh, a-, a la Paul Birchall, <laughs> um, which is just such an obscure reference. Oh, no, no. I, I was thinking of Paul Birchall. I'm like, he's got to show up somewhere. Um, yeah. uh, he probably would have ended up entering and winning the, the Andre the Giant Battle Royale. Um, which would have been fantastic. <laughs> um I, <laughs> I we're the only two outs, um, but uh, and that's okay. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, this match I was really looking forward to. I love all four performers, um, and I was more than satisfied. I thought this was actually it ended up being one of the best matches on uh, on both nights for me. Um, what about you, Gerald? Very solid match. Uh, it went the way that we had predicted on the PCC multiverse. Uh, mostly because Kyrie just recently got married 
and mm-hmm. had indicated uh, that already in, in the first tweet announcing her marriage that she wants a future, start a family. And as Mike will probably say too, that we're going to hear this theme throughout as far as uh, people wanting to spend time away from the ring. So I think that's probably one of the reasons why, I mean, Mike also heard that she might be wanting to go back to Japan. Uh, Asuka is uh, from what I'm seeing still satisfied with living here in America and uh, performing with the WWE. So hopefully as a singles artist, she can go ahead and regain some of the prominence that she had obviously with her extensively long and well-deserved title reign that she had in NXT. So hopefully I'm, 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 predicting that that's probably eventually what will happen is that those two will break up because again, like I said, there, there's probably a future for Kyrie somewhere else that she's choosing and a different path than what, what uh, the WWE might offer down the road. We'll, we'll have to wait and see on that for sure. I mean, this is all behind the scenes stuff that we're hearing, but again, th- this yeah. was a case where you had four solid performers and uh, they, they held up their end of the bargain and it was something, it was a nice way to start it, but you're right kind of misses the flair uh so to speak pardon the pun of not being in tampa bay stadium and and, and Kyrie getting the, the that type of entrance that she would have loved to i'm sure had as a pirate coming off that ship and whatnot yeah that would have been uh that would that was made for that and i could just see you know that being the opening it would have been incredible uh if they had done it right now, i'm not saying hey, that they had plans to do so but if becky lynch can come out of a semi could have come out <laughs> exactly yeah and and they hadn't really done much with her in the pirate gimmick because since she turned heel yeah. but yet you know she was wearing the gear when she came out and yeah the ties are there i think it would have been fantastic and and to your point i think you know what a difference a year makes i mean oscar's uh was barely an afterthought at this time last year um uh, but now she's you know, this, she's, she's got a new life. She's, she's, her character has been, uh, great. And, uh, you know, I, I expect more good things from her, you know, if nothing else as a wrestler, she's, we found out she's great on commentary. So, uh, um, I would, I would settle for, uh, commentary by, uh, Asuka and Nikki Cross, like, um, as a team, uh, any day, any, any night. Well, well with Asuka is just the fact that I think she has enough skill and she has enough talent, um, and, and charisma to be a top level performer in the women's division, period. Uh, you have what I think is a lack of top shelf performers and there's only a certain few that you can go to. And I think you have to keep Asuka, uh, you know, strong in order to go ahead and keep her at that level, because there are very few top level performers at the level that people will believe can, can hold their own with the Becky Lynch's, the Shayna Baszler's, the Charlotte Flair's of the world. And, and there are very few that can, that can actually match up with them. If, believably. And Oscar is one of those individuals. And the best thing about Oscar is that she makes everybody she faces better. Yes. Oh, yeah. um, when I went so. Over the, the last year, Becky Lynch's best matches were against Oscar. Uh, I think. Um, I agree. The same thing. Uh, the same thing with Charlotte. Uh, the same thing with you know. You put Oscar in the ring with someone, and they're going to shine. And uh, that's that's her almost biggest uh, skill, I think. But the one thing uh, as also is if she was ever given that type of push to where similar to what she had with NXT, 
it would be something as far as relations between the WWE and Japan going forward, because really how many, uh, how many wrestlers from Japan have successfully migrated over to America and really been at that world championship top level. There's been only a handful that have really gotten that kind of acclaim. And she, she could be on the cusp of that, but that, again, that's all up to, the hierarchy at, at WWE to go ahead and see if they want to go ahead and give her that kind of push. And I think already you could argue that she's the best Japanese wrestler that's ever been. In, in she's WWE. in that, she's in that debate. I mean, yeah, she's in that conversation. Yeah. Great Muda. Uh, I mean, Inoki, I mean, they came over, you know, Inoki sold out stadiums, but never got, you know, main event status as far as world title here in the States. He, most um, all the stuff that he really did was in Japan great muda he was never given that final final push in wcw that i think a lot of people were hoping for when he was a world tv champion he, but he was really never given that top shelf the world title run or anything like that so yes shinsuke nakamura obviously he came in uh, you know with you know, at the peak of his career and came over from japan here and has really not been able to give him that chance to to reach that top shelf either so it would be great to see at least for for someone at, you know as, as important as to the Japan culture as Asuka probably is, it would be great to see at least one individual that that the W would push or at least get to that kind of level where she's thought of. Absolutely, absolutely, I think so. I think so. Uh, Alex, what about you on, on on the match itself? I thought it was a great match. It's four terrific competitors, uh, all of them uh, truly enjoyable. I could have gone my entire life without knowing the name of. Uh, Alexa and Nikki's tag team was Bliss Cross Applesauce. Uh, that is what their ta- that's what their team name is. It's actually is on the it? back of yes. Nikki's jacket when she goes to the ring. Um, <laughs> but I guess at least the team's got a name now. I don't know. Um, I think deep down, one of the fascinating things about the Alexa Bliss Nikki Cross tag team is we've since it was formed, we've all been waiting for Nikki to be turned on. We've all been waiting for Alexa Bliss to turn on Nikki Cross oh, because course. it's just it's right there, and uh, and, it, and it didn't happen, and and now now here <laughs> they are as the tag team champions uh, for the second time. Um, I, I thought the match was good. Uh, I, I loved the way they played off of each other uh, in a very arrogant way, and I thought that was. That was really well done. Uh, so, I, I, honestly, you get four really solid workers in the first match to get the crowd excited and to get the crowd hyped up. And they put four great workers in there. And, honestly, everybody in that arena was going crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't keep quiet. It was awesome. The, uh, the, the sold-out performance center. Uh, yeah. Uh, so... Uh, capacity crowd at the performance center. Yes, uh, they set a new. Old. They set a new WrestleMania record. Um, <laughs> zero. Yeah, <laughs> zero. <laughs> oh, they should have played that up. Uh, they should have played that. The up. cheer was uh, so Mike, loud you? you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> well, you guys Mike, have said you? it pretty much what I said, and the match was awesome. The, you had four great competitors. It was a great way to open WrestleMania. You know, last year we got very spoiled because we had Brock Lesnar versus Seth right at the very beginning, but that wasn't normal. 
that you had a world championship match right there. It's it was better, I think, to start it with the tag team. And like everyone says, it would have been great visually if you could have had something with the pirate ship worked into it or something with it. It would have been great. But you got what you got. It was weird getting used to no crowd. I will say it halfway through this match. You were just because we were just settling in and everything. So it was it was weird from that standpoint, but you could hear the wrestlers yelling at each other. You could, you know, hear the slaps. You could hear the hits. And it was really well done. And, you know, Gerald Roy blew my thunder by saying, you know, certain people are going to be possibly leaving the WWE now that, you know, she's going back to Japan. But that's fine. He gave you credit. Yeah, yeah. I know he did. Thank you, Gerald. <laughs> Gerald, I appreciate no problem. I'm glad to do it. I mean, you had mentioned that on our show, and uh, I thought that was uh, spot on point. And she added, like she said, she, she's, she got married recently, Kyrie Sane. So yeah, she indicated exactly. she wants a future, and it did mention the WWE. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I could, I don't see her being around much longer. They might have a quick feud with her and Oscar. Oscar might turn on her. Exactly. Exactly. And she'll just disappear. And that would be really cool to have them, you know, kind of uh, feud for a while. Um, Exactly. I want to also piggyback on what you said though. um, Because yeah, even though not having the crowd there, uh, is for the most part um, uh, a, a minus, I think, a negative, and, and nothing that they can do much about. Um, but on the other hand, I will say there's been so many times, not particularly at WrestleMania, but at so many times that I get kind of uh, tired of the WWE universe for chanting or getting bored with matches that they sh- like. I'm like, how can you be bored with this match? And they're just doing whatever they're doing. They're bouncing a ball around or they feel like chanting CM Punk at that moment or whatever, you know? So it's kind of nice not to have that kind of distraction. And, you know, uh, and this goes throughout almost all the matches, uh, especially when you get Bliss, Cross and Asuka together, they're all very verbal. And they they can talk, and I really enjoyed hearing them talk throughout the match and and just react to each other verbally. Um, if anything comes out of uh, this this weird situation that we're in, and they go back to you know the way things used to be, I would hope that they can find some way. I mean, I know that they have to call moves and stuff like that, but I, they could find some way to sort of keep that that verbal energy, because I think it really does show even when they're in the ring, how it develops their characters a lot more. Um, And uh, it makes the match a little bit more interesting because they're yelling at each other. Um, uh, So, all right. So that's a, that's a five-star match for me. Um, You know, we spent a lot of time on that one. I don't think we're going to spend much time on this one, but see if, uh, see if uh, you prove me wrong. Um, Elias and King Corbin. We'll start with you, Alex. Crap, moving on. Gerald? <laughs> Boring, unnecessary, and involved one of the worst characters in the WWE. And it's just something that I think they need to reevaluate some of the talent that they have as far as their usefulness. And I think King Corbin is, and Elias, to some extent as well, are, are two of those individuals. Yeah, I, uh, I don't disagree with you. Uh, Mike? That poor guitar. That's the only thing I have to say about it. <laughs> what, a, what a waste of a perfectly good guitar. 
Yeah, I'm not sold on either of these two guys either. Um, I think their verbal skills, the thing is their verbal skills are much better to me than their uh, in-ring ability. So they, there's an imbalance there. So as much as sometimes they can entertain me, because uh, Corbin's a great heel. He's one of the best heels I think they have. But um, it just in the ring, I just don't care. Like, and they don't do anything that looks exciting to me. They just, it, it, it just falls flat for me. So, all right. So we spent enough time on that one. Um, and then we get to the one I was really surprised when this one, like, cause they was no schedule announced as to which matches were going to be. I don't think we found out until, I don't think they knew until, <laughs> until right before Saturday, which ones, which, uh, was going to, what the order of the matches were going to be. But all of a sudden, fourth match, or, sorry, the third match of the night, we get, boom, Becky Lynch and Shayna. Um, this was probably the match out of all of them I was looking forward to the most. And so that said, I will start by saying I did not like this match. Nope. <laughs> um, uh, I love Becky Lynch and Shayna. They're one of my favorite performers. As I said, this is one of the matches. I thought the buildup to this match was fine. But I was really puzzled and confused by this match. Baszler did not wrestle like Shayna Baszler does. Uh, she did not. She she didn't do any of the 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 hand grasping or the the thing that like the moving the digits and the and the kind of um, uh, I don't know how you would describe it. It's more like British wrestling or, or cage fighting, really, where she just sort of like Pete Dunne, where she's just taking people apart. There was none of that. Um, she wasn't doing anything bad. It's just, I was like, who is this? Um, and, and Becky was, you know, doing everything she could, but then they had this sudden ending that uh, didn't really do anything for me either. And uh, to be honest, I was kind of surprised at the outcome. I, I hope that this feud continues so that we can kind of do a do-over at uh, when there's a crowd maybe. But um, yeah, this one, uh, I must admit, was probably my disappointing match. Uh, Mike, what about you? Well, for me, I I was the same way. I was let down by this one. They made Shayna into such a monster at the Elimination Chamber match. And yeah. basically, you know, that she was unstoppable, that she was going to be the next Brock, basically. That you yeah. know, she would eat up and chew people up and tear them apart. And I didn't see that in this match. I didn't see it at all. I saw basically, you know, a very technical wrestler and but not to the extent that I was expecting to see her. And, you know, I thought we were going to start getting it when she started slamming Becky's head against the announcer table. And No, that was her elbow. No, yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it still was more, it was just, it was disappointing. And they built her up and built her up, and now they basically got rid of it with the, this ending of this match. It was just like, Oh, the roll up, boom, her arms, her, you know, she's got it. And it was, it, I was let down. Yeah. I'm hoping the story is not over. I'm hoping it's just a chapter, but uh, an opening chapter of it, but we'll see. Alex, what about you? So um, first things first, the, the, the roll up uh, was an, uh, was an homage to the Roddy Piper, Bret Hart match from WrestleMania eight. Uh, which had the same finish, except going off of the turnbuckle as opposed to just Shana, uh, Shana's on her back, Becky rolls through and it's a pin, uh, which is fine. 
except for the fact that we'd already seen it twice in the last year involving Samoa Joe. Uh, so it was the exact same finish. Rey Mysterio did it and AJ Styles did it uh, in matches. So uh, kind of felt like the ending, the ending did come out of nowhere. It was a bit of a surprise to me. Um, we had all heard that uh, Becky was, you know, heading for uh, a break. But I wonder if, considering the fact that there's a very good chance that they're all about to take a break, um, maybe the decision was to keep the belt on Becky for now, set things up for down the road. Um, this was one that I predicted completely wrong, and I'm willing to admit that. Um, but I honestly, I expected this match to be under five minutes, a total destruction by Shayna Baszler. And oh, like a like a like a, you, like a Brock Cena match, huh? Like a Brock Cena match or a Brock Orton mm. match, um, where she just flat brutalizes uh, Becky, and we all sit there and and just be in awe. And maybe with a crowd of thousands, where she does that and it shuts everybody up to quietness, as opposed to doing it in a stadium that is going to be quiet anyway because no one's there. Um, you, you have that. I would have liked to have seen more trash talking between the two. They clearly had an issue with each other. And when we saw with like, you know, the, the one good thing that, that Baron Corbin gives us, uh, is that when he trash talks in the ring, it adds to his character. Mm -hmm. Um, and in this case where there's no fans drowning him out and going, you know, CM Punk, uh, and everything, uh, then, you know, you, you're able to get, a, uh, uh, you get more development out of it. I would have liked to have seen more of that between the two. Um, the match was fine. It was certainly different from what I expected. Uh, but in the long run, I don't know that it did either of the many favors. Fair enough. Daryl? This match uh, was kind of disappointing. I would probably put it where you guys uh, had it as far as uh, it being not at the level I, I was hoping it would be. And I'm going to say this. I know you guys saw it on several other matches, but, uh, you know, when we saw the first match where the ladies in the tag team match were going at each other hard, when they're going at counter moves, they're going at each other hard, they're going at each other fast, they're going at each other consistently. If I see, or if I saw uh, so many times during the course of that two days, someone just lightly jogging into a move that gets countered, I, I, if I had a dollar for every time I saw that, I'd probably end up being, you know, you know, having a nice little tidy sum at the end of the weekend because there were so many times during the course of that weekend where, in, for instance, where Shayna Baszler, she's lightly jogging when she knows she's going to get countered and get taken out of the ring by Becky. And they were, when they're on the side of the, ra uh, the apron and she's lightly jogging into a counter by Becky. And it just, it makes it for, it takes you out of that, that uh, you know that that perception of this is a hard hitting match takes you out of that. So, and I saw this several times in several other matches. It felt almost like that they're in the performance center. They're just practicing, you know, with some of these matches that they're just there, just for practice. And in, instead, it's an actual pay per view where people are paying lots of money in order to get, go ahead and see this. And I I saw lots of that. And maybe it's because of the environment they were in. But it, it, well, this was a match that was disappointing because I don't think they bo that both of them took it seriously. And the fact that Shayna did take the fall, 
I understand that Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer, has indicated that this is not going to be a one-off and that there will be some type of future down the road or a rematch for both ladies. If that's the case, that's great. But people are going to remember Shayna getting beat on this occasion. And they're, they're, you know, she needed that type of badass type of attitude uh, you know, to get her over and that badass type of win. And unfortunately right now she didn't get it. I think it was probably not the best outcome for the WWE overall, but I understand that they wanted to go ahead and have as many faces win over the two night schedule as possible because of the circumstances that we're now in. Yeah. And that's, that's usually true of WrestleMania. Anyway, a lot of faces tend to win more often uh, than not just to have a feel good for that many people. But um, yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here, but yeah, that's a, it's a low mark uh, to be sure of the weekend. Um, uh, so, all right, the next match uh, we got Sami Zayn uh, with his crew uh, with Daniel Bryant uh, versus his uh, Drew. Got to see what I did there. Uh, <laughs> and anyway, <laughs> Alex, we'll start with you. Where'd, uh, where'd you uh, land on this one? Okay, so uh, I am a huge Sami Zayn fan. I uh, have absolutely loved him since NXT, um, where you know he suddenly took over the reins from El Generico. Not sure whatever happened to Generico, but I understand he's doing very well for himself. Oh, yeah, um, weird. So I really love that, and the fact that that he went from ultimate underdog baby face almost a Tommy dreamer level um, to just being the most arrogant heel this side of Paul Heyman, as far as management goes Um, and then turning around and winning the intercontinental title. uh, You could easily get honky tonk man level heat uh, with him as the intercontinental champion. And Daniel Bryan's going to put on a great match with whomever he can so it almost looked like he was uh you know came in from cuba yeah. or something with the outfit yeah there, there was a real castro look about him um uh, which mm-hmm. is you know it's fine if it works for him um the great liberator yes. uh and uh, obviously daniel bryan could have a five-star match with uh, a broomstick he did it twice at wrestlemania 30 um so i i think that that you know just putting those two together and letting them do their thing was great. Um, this was very reminiscent to a classic match from Clash of Champions between Steven Regal and Larry Zabisco, in which there was no contact for the first two minutes of the match. Um, and I've always loved that match because it told more of a story from the ring psychology standpoint. The fact that Sami Zayn got the win did exactly what it should have done. It did exactly what Becky Lynch versus Shayna should have done. It elevated a talent that maybe we weren't expecting. It would have been very easy to give Daniel Bryan another WrestleMania moment and have him win the Intercontinental title. And instead, we continue to have <clears throat> uh, Sami Zayn, who people just abhor shoving that title in everybody's face and i thought it was genius yeah i was satisfied as well uh gerald what about you i think it was the best move to keep the title on Sami Zayn. a uh, really solid match and like you said uh he could have a match with a broomstick and it could be five stars 
Uh, this was not a five-star match, but still a very good match between the two, technically sound, and on something on an atmosphere like we we're talking about where there's no crowd, maybe that would helped, uh, That would have helped, especially a match like this, to further escalate the match between the two. But I thought it was a very good match. Uh, no complaints on it, and I think they made the right move in keeping Sami Zayn the champion. Man, you want to talk about Zayn, Cesaro, Nakamura, Brian, and then we'll put Gulak in there too since he's there. The 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 amount of wrestling knowledge and skill that's in that group is just like, man, that would be that that's amazing. Um, and so, but you know, um, and so you know that that's going to be solid, and that's exactly what I felt it was. Mike, what about you? My first question for you guys is. What happened to Cesaro and Nakamura when they got knocked over the barricade? Did they fall down the bottomless pit that was on the other side? They're, they had to help get the jacket off of Cesaro. Because oh, when he went over, went he was wearing room. a jacket. When he came back, he was not. So ah, gotcha. They just headed over to the break room. Exactly. I guess so. <laughs> they had to do a smoke or something. They, they found know. there were no lines at the merchandise booth. And it was a merchandise booth. They went to a drive-thru. I know. I will tell you this, though. This match had some of the hardest hits of that night that I heard. You know, just physically, you could see the – because they were so – it was so quiet in there. You could hear it happening, and it was was just amazing. Uh, Some of the hits that Daniel was doing on Zach, it was just – it was just – on Sammy was just amazing. And I was just—it was just awesome. It was a great match. I don't think it was the best match that either of these two have had, but I thought it was solid and it was entertaining. It was solid, and I and I believe you know since you know Sami Zayn walked out with the title, it's not over. So there's more to come between all of these players, and that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, so the uh, mission accomplished there. All right. So then we get the uh, tag tank uh, SmackDown tag team championship match, which has got a little bit of a wrinkle in it because uh, my understanding is the Miz can't wrestle. Uh, I mean, uh, he's sick, no, just kidding. Uh, but no, he, he had, to, he had to pass out. So um, he had to pass on the match. So they managed to, they decided to just make it um, a three-way uh, between Morrison and Jimmy Uso and Kofi. And uh, let me tell you, I think, you know, circumstances were that it had to be done this way or they decided to do it this way. But in my opinion, it was better for it. Um, uh, this match was, uh, I felt, an incredible ladder match. Maybe gets my vote for the second best match of the night. Um, um, it's just, I thought these guys put everything out there, which you expect on a ladder match. And uh, I just thought it was amazing. Um, uh, Gerald, what about you? I agree with you. Uh, Morrison... Did oh, what he's I back. Think a lot of people were expected to do. Yeah, yes. he's a, he was a, a spot machine, and you know he 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 performed big and on the big stage, and that's what you want. And this was catered to him, and he delivered. And Kofi Kingston, outstanding athletic ability, showed it off here even one more time. And Uso did a solid job to let these guys just go ahead and say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and carry my end of the stick but I'm going to go ahead and give you guys time to shine because I know that's this type of match really catered to the abilities of both John Morris and Kofi Kingston. And, and they delivered a really good, really, really good match. And that well, finish. Uh, probably not the best match for the two nights, but very close to it. 
And that finish was so, well, Alex, you're the historian here, so you'll probably tell me wrong, but I've never seen anything like that. That was beautiful. I thought that was well, well. I, I think that the finish was uh, probably one of the most ingenious ways of doing this. Um, mostly because in the long run, it continues to have all three at the same level. Um, when you When you wind up in a situation where, one half of your tag team can't wrestle. And we were hearing all along that it was one of the Usos versus John Morrison and no mention of Kofi at all. Um, and then like the day of we hear triple threat match that would have been filmed a week ago, you know? So I, you know, I don't know why the WWE was doing things the way they were doing them. Uh, but it, it definitely made for a very intriguing match. It made for a great match. Those guys were doing everything they needed to. Um, I'm never a fan of just immediately running out and grabbing the ladder. I feel like ladder matches make more sense when you wear down an opponent for a while and then do it. Because otherwise it just looks like a a spot fest. And if I want a spot fest, I'll watch AEW. So um, in this case, I wanted some storytelling and we got that. And we got a great storytelling ending. Um, Morrison is the bad guy who maintained the belts because he got lucky. Um, because he was holding onto the titles when he fell and they popped off the, uh, the, 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 the thing. Uh, and the fact that each one of, uh, you know, with Kofi and with Jey Uso, Jimmy, no, Jimmy, Jimmy Uso. I'm so sorry about that. They're, they're twins. Yeah, no, anyway, um, yeah. the fact that they were both holding the uh the, the clones thing, right at the exact same spot i was like you could not have put that together better um i agree with you i think it it might have been from the inside the ring perspective might have been the match of the night yeah i agree with that it was it was interesting because the ending was perfect you know they all three had held held on to it and they knocked you know basically morrison off and he grabbed the belt and fell with it you couldn't have asked for a better ending than that. That was just it was. Awesome. I I was amazed. I, I was so satisfied. Maybe the most satisfying ending of a match uh, throughout the, for the maybe both nights actually. Um, I thought it was incredible. So that's a, that a, that's a great job. That'll that'll go down in the 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 history of ladder matches because. Alex, I'm 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 with you. If they put together a ladder match, I want to see a ladder match. I don't want to just see them use ladders and it not really mean anything, right. you know. But I thought that, you know, between between the spots they were doing as well as the ending, uh, that that's that's that made it worth it. And like I said, if it had been you know six guys instead of three, I don't think it would have been nearly as interesting and compelling. Um, maybe I don't know, but well, we'll never know. Um, all right, so next matchup, we have Kevin Owens uh, versus the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins, uh, self-proclaimed, obviously. Um, uh, I was, yeah, I love both of these guys. I really do. Uh, they're two of my favorite wrestlers. They have been for uh, years now. And uh, I was, neither one of them has been performing at what I would say their best over the last couple of years, I think. So I didn't know what to expect with this match. Uh, I will say going in uh, that uh, I had some doubts about it, but what about you? Uh, We'll start with you, Mike. Well, for me, it was interesting because, you know, both are solid performers and I, you know, what they've been doing with Seth with the Monday night Messiah and him coming out all in white was just awesome. That was really fun. And 
than for him to do turn around and to get himself disqualified. And it was just like in hitting, you know, with the, with the bell, it was just like, no, that kind of sucked. But I loved it that they turned it into a no DQ. And from that point on, it pretty much was all Owens, you know, and it was just, it was awesome. And from him jumping off the WrestleMania sign, that was just like, that was the first oh crap moment of the night for me. Yeah, I'd read somewhere, uh, Kevin Owens recently, I think, posted on social media uh, that uh, when he went to Tampa and saw that uh, pirate ship there, he was like, I have to figure out a way that I can dive off that. I want to dive off that. There has to be a way. And he took pictures and everything. And it was his plan to some way, no matter who he was going to face, he was going to be jumping off that. Um, So obviously they had to make do. And uh, I didn't know that somewhere along the line, I guess maybe since Kevin Owens defeated Shane McMahon uh, like a year or so ago, maybe he's taken over the, the, the high spots fest for um, Shane. But uh, in any case, I, I thought it was pretty solid as well. Um, and I'm glad they came back because if it had just ended with, you know, uh, him taking him out with the bell, I, I was, I was going to be like, that's it. That's all we get. Um, but then it went on and that was much more satisfying. Oh, I was yelling at this TV screen when that happened. I was like, <laughs> no, they can't end it that way. Not at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So fortunately, Kevin's character felt the same way and it went on and it was much better because of that. Uh, Gerald, what about you? Really good match. Uh, it went the way it should have. The question is now, will Kevin Owens get the push that, that I think a lot of people are asking for in regards to his character? Because, you know, he, he obviously can do a lot in the ring and he can do a lot behind the mic. It's all a question of will WWE get behind someone who he doesn't have the most aesthetically pleasing look that Vince McMahon likes as, as you and I have seen over the years. So, you know, the question is, will the WWE get behind him once and for all? That's the question. I mean, it was, it was a good win, a very, very good match. I, I enjoyed the spot as far as jumping off and, uh, you know, the sign. And, and I thought that was a really nice, nice way to go ahead and end that match. Just like I said, well, it ended up with a stunner, of course, but, um, I, I really think, is this the time that WWE is finally going to get behind this character? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Awesome. Alex? Um, <clears throat> I, I, I have to feel that somewhere Shane McMahon was crying. Because uh, that was absolutely <laughs> his spot. It's the only time we're going to see someone leap off the sign uh, onto there, simply because it's the only time the sign's not going to be you know, 15 stories <laughs> up. So um, I don't know if this match will go uh, into the echelon of greatest WrestleMania matches, but I, it told a good story. It was very entertaining to watch. Um, the two of them were, were smart in, in any talking, anything like that in the ring, because uh, all they did was continue to help tell the story. Um, so uh in that regard i would say that they they did all right for themselves um by how by how they did the match um on, i'm i'll be kind of upfront and honest with you um kind of forgot this match was on the card uh mm-hmm. like until mm-hmm. you mentioned it it was the next one on there i was like oh yeah 
but I kind of feel that way with a lot of, of Seth Rollins lately. Um, it was the second longest match on the night. Yeah. Too. So, um, and, and unlike another match, it probably didn't feel like it, but, um, so yeah, it, it's, um, it, it's a, it was a good match. It was a good time. Um, and certainly helped add to an overall pretty good night. All right. Uh, so, uh, overall good night. Now we'll see what happens with, uh, when we get to match number seven on the card, which is uh, Goldberg uh, facing off against the challenger, uh, replacing Roman Reigns, of course, Braun Strowman. Um, Was that a match? You know, uh, okay, so if you had taken, if you you showed somebody who didn't know wrestling at all, and you showed them the match, because you could do it in like five minutes, just show him the match, uh, both championship matches, match of Braun Strowman versus Goldberg and then the one for um, uh, Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar that person would think that there's only five uh, moves in wrestling mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all were used in those two matches combined uh, um, and that's pretty much all I've got to say about that uh, Gerald I think you hit the nail on the head right there Mike uh, between that one and the other championship match on the second night, same thing. It's like, okay, I will hit my moves and you will hit your set of moves. And how many times can I hit it? And how many times do you hit it? And then we're just going to go home. And that's it. So both two were, uh, yeah, Braun Strowman, I'm happy for him because he's finally getting the title run and all that. But uh, I, I just was kind of disappointed overall, the, both of them. I understand Goldberg can't go anymore. I, I yeah. get that. Uh, you're not, if you're asking for a 12 to 15 minute match, you're not going to get it. And the same thing with Lesnar to an extent, he's going to do some athletic moves and blow up seven minutes of the match. I get that, but it, it just, there was no creativity, I think. And the, the lack of creativity, I think for in both matches, because they were the exact same match was very disappointing on both accounts and the fact that both of them they're not just like ones that are thrown on the card these are for the main belts these are the main guys these are the people you're going to try and push on monday and friday nights yeah these are your main men for the company um and i'm like really uh i don't think you know the average viewer is going to be won over by this at all uh but uh alex yeah um i mentioned earlier there were two matches that i just felt did not deliver um we're we're talking about both of them right now. Um, yes, and, and the problem is that they were booked the exact same way. Uh, and that's a, that's a huge problem. Because uh, it doesn't matter they were 24 hours apart from each other. This is the same booking that continues to happen in the WWE. Something occurs on Raw. Something very similar occurs on SmackDown. Uh, it's almost like they're just under the assumption that we're not paying attention. Uh, and I can tell you, somebody's not paying attention. Um, if, if the goal, the Goldberg Braun Strowman match, again, one that I picked wrong, um, cause I just assumed that they weren't going to put the big belt on Braun, especially after he just lost the intercontinental title to Sami Zayn. If we don't get a Sami Zayn versus Braun Strowman, uh, <laughs> title match, I'm going to be mad. Uh, because if anybody can, first of all, if anybody can put the spin on it, that they deserve it. It's going to be Sami Zayn. Um, but yeah, I just felt like this one, I expected it to be short. I didn't expect to see it twice in two nights. 
Yeah. Oh, I agree completely with that one. It was, you know, it was a typical Goldberg match of the last 10 years. You know, like you said, three moves between the two of them. And it was, it was horrible. And it was just like two and a half minutes. That's it. It was ridiculous. It's like a heavyweight championship match should go a lot longer, but I didn't think they had the participants to do it. And that's the sucky part about it. And when we had Braun, it's, you know, as the champion now, what kind of matches are, is he going to have? Can he handle, you know, long-term, can he fight, you know, be a fighting champion or is he going to be, you know, holding it on till, you know, Roman comes back, you know, basically. The, the good thing about Braun is that he can do matches with multiple styles. Um, we've seen him in there with a Cesaro. We've seen him in there with a Sami Zayn. We've seen him in there with a John Cena. We've seen him in there with uh, with an 11-year-old boy. Um, we, we've seen him doing all kinds of different styles of matches, and he can go longer, which is a good thing. I don't know how much the WWE trusts him as a champion. I agree with that completely. I agree with that. And that's what I worry about is, you know, what do they trust him with? And, you know, I think he's a full, a full gap right now. He, you know, he was there put in there because Roman couldn't go. Yeah. Yeah. Roman couldn't go. And they were like, who is available that could be a threat that could, that could, you know, and Braun was standing right there. It's hard to miss him. Um, but uh, um, all right. So enough said about that. Um, all right. So now we have the phenomenal one versus the phenom boneyard match uh i'm just gonna throw this open to you guys uh alex <laughs> to alex i'm just gonna throw this open to anybody to alex. alex um okay so the, the fact that the fact that they had the opportunity to pre-film this match was the best asset they could have had because in doing it this way they were able to hide any issues that the undertaker was going to have uh as well as accentuating his strengths um, I have seen a lot of people online, uh, some some angry because they're like, oh, well, if Matt Hardy wants to do it, it's a no. But if The Undertaker wants to do it, of course they'll do it. Um, and I, I don't feel that it, it, it's that's, that, that is accurate. Um, I kind of feel like what we got with with the Boneyard match was Vince McMahon wanting to shoot a movie. And he shot a movie. And I don't know if it was a great wrestling match, but it was entertaining as hell. Oh, it was completely. And um, I'm sorry, but I have already seen a half dozen memes, uh, a couple about the coronavirus, and it's AJ Styles sitting there with The Undertaker right behind him, you know, uh, (laughs) with that bright light and everything like that. That was was awesome. We didn't get a payoff on the Unholy uh, uh, Trinity line. That Undertaker mentioned, yeah, that was weird. which was yeah, kind of a yeah. drag, and I wonder if it was because maybe they couldn't get a couple of people because it occurred to me who the third unholy member of the Trinity would have been, and it would have been Sting. Uh, so you would have had Undertaker, Kane, and Sting right there, uh, which would have easily taken care of the club and AJ Styles, um, or excuse me, the OC uh, and AJ. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, it was entertaining as hell. Um, it was clearly, it was one of the big highlights of the entire night. And if Undertaker is winding down his career, 
<clears throat> I think there are worse ways to go out, like any of it the stuff felt, he did in Saudi Arabia. It almost felt like he went out into he rode off into the sunset in this one. Would have been a cool way to do it. Yep, I agree. Uh, Mike Moore. Oh, I I thought it was wonderful. I liked it when Matt Hardy did it originally, but I loved what they did with the Undertaker, and AJ was perfect to have it, you know, to be the participant in it. And basically he, the undertaker took out the OC, you know, he basically killed them all in this. And, you know, he buried, you know, AJ alive. He, you know, slammed one of the OC off the roof and then, you know, power bombed the other one through the, through the ceiling of the deck. And it was, yeah, they're all dead. Yeah. They're gone. And I've never it, seen them again. I wouldn't doubt it. You know, ever. There's ever. a there's another wrestler we'll talk about in a few minutes who I'm hoping we won't see again either because of going through a funhouse. So it'll be very interesting to see. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was highly enjoyable. I like, you know, how theatrical it was. Like you said, it was Vince's movie. Gerald. If that's the case, it's better than virtually all the other WWE movies that they've ever produced. <laughs> uh, I didn't like it as much as these guys did, but I thought it was okay. I thought it was entertaining. I think that's the mission accomplished, if that's the case. I liked it. Oh, I'm just going to say right now, I liked it better than days two, day, two, day two's performance. I'm not going to say how much because I'm really going to go off in that into detail on day two, but this was an entertaining performance overall. I do like the Matt Hardy, you know, uh, TNA stuff better. I think that was just because maybe it's because it was fresh at that time. It was something different. I know Jeremy Borash was one of the, the people behind the scenes helping with the undertakers end of it. I don't know if he was involved with, the Bray Wyatt Firehouse Firefly Funhouse match end of it, but I do know he was involved with this, has been reported. So I think his influence was there because he helped with those Matt Hardy matches with Jeff Hardy, uh, you know, back from TNA and whatnot. I think it still was was entertaining and it got accomplished what it what it needed to accomplish. I hope this is not the last performance for The Undertaker. I still think he needs to go out. But again, he's put his boots in the ring before, but I think he needs to go ahead and, and have an actual match in front of a live audience being, you know, as his last match. But I know there's not going to be many more in his future because he's 55, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, he has RDJ's age. So yeah, if that's the case, uh, you know, there's not much left that, that he can provide. So I, I think there should be like a retirement match for him in front of a large audience. But for what it was, it was entertaining. When it was announced that uh, they were going to have to do this and uh, and pre you know film things, and uh, I thought, okay, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for the WWE to try to be innovative, to try to show us things we haven't seen before, to try to to try to entertain us in a way that you know if they had just you know given us match after match after match like we would have gotten with no crowd you know, everybody would have been concentrating and focusing on what was missing instead of what they're giving us. And so I'm like, you know, these two opportunities with the Boneyard match and then the Firefly Funhouse match, we've got opportunities to do something different here. 
Um, and it'll be perfectly acceptable. I mean, at WrestleMania, no one's going to stare and watch the screen for 20 minutes. That's going to be, no, nobody wants to do that, but you have an opportunity to do it here. So I thought, uh, I'm glad they did it this way. Um, there's some nitpicks I would have had. I would have liked to seen AJ have a little bit more, um, offense. I was really hoping for some spectacular phenomenal forearm move that would have been really like done shot like from above with black backlighting and all that would have been really awesome. Uh, but, um, uh, but overall I thought it was fun. Uh, you know, um, certainly way better than the, uh, attempt that they did a few years ago, uh, with Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, uh, at the haunted house match. That was a train wreck. Oh, that was uh, this was, yeah, this was much better than that. So, uh, so it was a good way to end. It was just a fun way to end the night. So, all right. So, um, all night one, uh, was, is, is in the books. Uh, we're going to, uh, talk as brief as we can with about night two. We've already mentioned a couple of matches, but this one we've got to spend a little bit more time on because history was being made right in the beginning, right when we first start with uh, night two, and it's Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Champion. Probably the maybe the second matchup uh, I was most looking forward to of the weekend. And boy, howdy, this one was this was this one was a hard hitting, I thought, amazing, great match. Uh, Gerald, what about you? I'm going to say this. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. Um, I don't know if this is controversial, but this match was, I think, if you're going to go ahead and test me, the best match over the weekend. It's, if, if not, it just, if not, it's very close. Just excellent back and forth. Uh, you know, I didn't see much of that. Uh, you know, I'm in the middle of the performance center practice type deal that I, that I mentioned. I saw it with a lot of these matches. I thought it was a very intense and I thought Rhea Ripley, who a lot of people are still going, who's that? Uh, you know, she showed up and made a name for herself. And I think getting her over while still getting Charlotte Flair over as, you know, to win the title, I think they both accomplished what they needed to accomplish. And I think within Rhea Ripley's case, I think she has a definite future going forward. Yeah, the kid's only, and she she's in her early 20s, right? Yeah, and it just, like I said, she, a lot of people were very unfamiliar with her, but whoever saw it now, you know, now knows that, that you know, she can bring it. Yeah. Um, so here's the deal. Um, best match of the pay-per-view weekend, uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, clearly, they saw something great in Rhea Ripley um, to give her a showcase match like this. And it shows truly what they think about her um, by letting her get a giant win over Charlotte. No, wait, I'm sorry. They totally didn't give her the win. Um, And that one move hurt the match so much for me. Um, Totally the wrong person won the match. There is no reason. Charlotte gets nothing out of that win except for obviously now she's the two-time NXT women's champion. Um, she's apparently going to split her time between raw and NXT. Um, so it's not even a case where if you want to see Charlotte flair, you got to watch Wednesday nights. They're not even doing that. Um, this was an opportunity to once again, elevate talent in the right way. And they had her tap out 
in the middle of the ring. And I was so disappointed in that. It's the best match of the night. It is one that people should absolutely watch. It is one they should absolutely see. And the ending is completely wrong. I agree with that completely. I was like watching that and I yelled at, they're trying to bury the youth of the WWE right there. And I disagree I, with you in, in the sense that maybe the fact that they should have kept the title on Rhea is one thing. Uh, may, and I'll give you that. But the fact that she didn't have an outstanding performance and elevate herself, because there are those rare instances where someone can lose a match get pinned in the middle of the ring and still elevate themselves. And this was her chance to go ahead and, and showcase her skills and her abilities to a, the largest audience she has ever performed in front of. And I think she did admirably and she put herself, she, she put her name on the map and WWE might not have had, you know, had she had a lousy performance, she would have been buried forever, even if she won. So she she brought it, and I think I I just think that she has a a better future going forward. Yes, it would have been nicer if she would have kept the title, but I think going forward, because of how well she did in that match, she has an even better career. And I, there's no reason I, for I, them I agree to go. As well. Plus, go ahead, sorry, Mike. No, uh, I just think basically that there's no reason Charlotte should have the belt. You know, it's like NXT is supposed to be becoming its own brand, its own identity, not crossing over and such. And mm-hmm. you it's you don't see Ciampa or, you know, other people coming up all the time or to fight for the belts and stuff. And now you have Charlotte, you know, down there and you can't really even call it over down there. there anymore. It's now its own yeah. over there. You know, cuz we used to <laughs> NXT was the minor leagues. And now it's, you know, up there, they promoted it as its own identity. And I just think they don't need Charlotte to bring an audience in there. They already have an audience. I don't think Charlotte Flair is, oh, I'm going to watch the show now that Charlotte's there and everything. I don't, I just think that kind of thinking is the wrong. I'd also like to point out that the last time we saw an amazing dominant character come out of NXT and face Charlotte it was Oscar, and what did yeah, we say at the beginning of this program about how the w- what did we say last week on the WWE show? has misused Oscar, and it starts with her losing to Charlotte Flair. I, agree. I don't. I and remains to be seen. You know what happens yeah. with Rhea from here. I I think they've got so much invested in her. I don't see her going away like Oscar did. Um, plus there's NXT, uh, is, is like you guys said, it's, it's, and it's my favorite show and look, you know, uh, Vince is in control of the whole thing, but the NXT is still very much Triple H's baby. And I don't think he's going to let Ray Ripley disappear and be used poorly, uh, like, uh, so many others have on the main roster that said, just going by the match itself. I thought the story that they told was amazing. I thought the way that Flair kept working the leg, kept working the leg, kept working the leg. To me, the outcome was inevitable. If all of a sudden Rhea had come up with some move at the end and and not sold her leg and still managed to defeat Charlotte Flair, I wouldn't have bought it for a minute. I wouldn't have bought it for a minute. Charlotte Flair is not some old timer that needs to retire and be put on the shelf. She's still very much relevant. And they've got to... They can't, they don't, you know, they, they're spreading the, the tag teams around. They're spreading the four horsemen or four horsewomen around, right? 
Charlotte's still got to be relevant. Give her, she needs a belt because when she doesn't have a belt, guess what? She's not, nobody, nobody cares about what Charlotte's been doing over the last, you know, few months because she hasn't had a belt. So to me, like this, this win made sense from that perspective. It made sense to protect Charlotte from that perspective. Um, and Rhea's fine. She's young. I think, as Joe pointed out, she did a hell of a job in this match, and it's not going to be forgotten by anybody. Uh, so I don't, I don't agree that you know that a loss necessarily means that you're buried. But I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Rhea from here. But I thought, as far as the match itself went, it's one of the, my favorite matches of the night, and uh, like I said, made perfect sense. Um, then we're gonna go quickly and i don't even know if there's really a lot to talk about with some of these ones that are coming up uh because black versus lashley seem like a an unnecessary add-on uh i'm excited by black i like him a lot i hate bobby lashley i think that's well known by everybody who knows me uh he is like my least favorite wrestler maybe of all time ever period i don't think he belongs in the business so to see him get the black mask and get knocked out i was just fine with that i was actually shocked that rusev didn't show up i was fully expecting it yeah i don't you know this went on too long but um uh, anything, any other thoughts about this one, guys? Match was yeah. used to start a new storyline, and it's the story of the breakup of Bobby breakup, and, yeah. and Lana. Um, and that's yeah. and Black's Black too is too good for that. For that. Um, but the problem is, and, and Black's on the rise. Black's on the rise. They've got to do something with Black now, though. They need to start putting him in a position where he could be challenging for, at the very least, the U.S., the Intercontinental Championship, something like that. Um, we need to see what he can do going up against better opponents. Um, and I'm with you. I think Bobby Lashley is the gender mahal of professional wrestling. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, even, I, wow. I don't even know if I'd... I'd that's you me, know what? That's I'm, not a big gender. Gender, I'm not a big gender fan, but... I'd 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 rather see him than Lashley any day. But anyway, that's a everybody knows that about me. Uh, then we're gonna go to Otis and Ziggler. Um, kind of a fun story. I've kind of been enjoying this. I was kind of surprised that they revealed the 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 truth uh, right before WrestleMania. I thought that was gonna happen at WrestleMania. Um, I thought at the very least they'd reveal who it was that re- you know that revealed the truth. Although we all know. Um, but that said. You know, I thought it was fun and, you know, a nice push for Otis. Like, you know, I mean, I think that uh, they've turned, uh, it's a funny character, but they've kind of given him another dimension. And, uh, you know, Dolph is always going to make people look good. I thought it was fun. It probably had the longest storyline build of any of the matches because the the Mandy-Otis story started at Christmas. And here we are at the beginning of April and we get the payoff um, I, I thought that was great. I feel bad for uh, for for Bobby Roode, uh, who the only reason it wasn't a tag team match was because he's stuck in Canada. Uh, so you kind of feel bad for him in that regard because he misses out on his mania moment. Um, but uh, hopefully, from this, we'll we'll not only get to see uh, more of more of Otis uh, doing his thing and and maybe some you know vignettes of them trying to go out on dates in the middle of this social distancing aspect, um, which I think actually could be very entertaining, but also we might start to get to see uh, 
matches between Mandy and Sonya Deville, which, which will be I awesome. Think phenomenal. I think, um, so yeah, I I'm, think I'm looking forward to those. Good. I think this was the great story. We got the right winner. We got the right moment. And oh my gosh, I, you'll never hear me say this again, but JBL on commentary for this was perfect because everything he was saying clearly was fed to him by Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah yeah well i think so much alike so i'm not sure if that's uh, necessarily true but um anything else anybody else on this match uh, <laughs> the most i want to say is like that kiss was so awkward at the end it was just like mm. it's it's because it's otis he's he's this lovable innocent guy you wouldn't have known better mandy's gonna teach you some tricks all right then Next, we get the match that we never thought we'd see. Edge at WrestleMania. Uh, in a last-man-standing match that goes almost 40 minutes with Randy Orton. Um, heavily edited. Heavily edited, but still, uh, for your first match back, your first full match back when you're out gone for nine years, I mean, this is this is brutal. Uh, this is a way, like, I thought it went, personally, I thought it went on a little too long, but it made the point. Like Edge is back, he's he's ready. He's he's going to be invested in this, and he's not. I mean, I know there's certain things he can't do, but damn it, that's not going to stop him from putting on an entertaining and brutal match like this. This was this was pretty good. Um, like I said, I think it went on. They could have cut out like maybe ten minutes of this I, in the I middle. I think in light of the but, uh, um, Dark Side of the Ring article, maybe you don't do the I'm going to strangle Edge with the weights uh, shot. <laughs> I, I think that one it, it went on too long. It, it went on far yeah, too long. They, they had many, many spots that could have just been the end of the match. Um, it told a good story. It went on too long. Yeah, I'm glad they rebuilt the performance center after Gargano and Yeah, Chopper I think they're gonna destroy it on Wednesday so too. It was kinda, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, they destroyed <laughs> So uh I thought, you know, oh wow, like because they the same rooms, a lot of the same rooms, the same uh environment, and I was like, Oh, okay. Uh but uh um Gerald, what what are your feelings about this one? Over twenty minutes too long. I think if this would have <laughs> been kept at fifteen to seventeen minutes, I think you would have uh uh, been able to get a much better idea of what you want to go ahead and do going forward. I just, I just thought it was way too long. It overstayed its welcome and the match suffered greatly because of it. This one probably was the one that was most affected by not having a crowd. I if, this go, if this goes like 40 minutes and they're going through the crowd and doing stuff and all that, then you don't even miss, you don't even think about how long this is, but, but, with no crowd it's like oh they're in a hall and they're hitting each other again oh they're in another room and they're hitting each other again it's just like damn just spear him and get it over with pretty much pretty much and it was heavy heavily edited which didn't help either um anything else to add mike nope you guys have said it all there was a couple moves that was just like oh my god type thing but overall i I wish it wasn't so heavily edited. That that was my biggest problem with it. And can I just say it's cool to have Edge back? Oh, I, I mean, love having him back. Damn, like he doesn't look like. I mean, I can't wait to see him in an actual match. Match, but damn, he looks great. So I uh, never thought I'd see that. Never, never, never. But never say never. 
Uh, Raw Tag Team Championship. Um, This was kind of there. Anything to add to this? So um, Austin Theory uh, had the pleasure of getting to see him for the first time at a Southern Honor show almost a year ago. Um, He is now the youngest uh, competitor to uh, wrestle as a professional wrestler at at WrestleMania. I'm not going to, you know, make light of the 11 year old who won the tag team titles. Um, So yeah. Take that away. And also he um, he is the fastest uh, to make a WrestleMania uh, debut um, coming up from the ranks because he started to evolve. He went to NXT. He uh, showed up at raw and the very next week he's on mania. I think the fastest technically, I suppose would be Ronda Rousey uh, who got signed and then had her first match uh, at mania, but uh, it's kind of a, a, an iffy thing. Um, So you got to be impressed by that. He did wind up eating the pinfall. Uh, This was another match that I thought could have gone the other way, Um, but look to the future five, six years from now, we could be seeing Montez Ford versus Austin Theory for one of the WWE championship belts. Oh, when there's Gar- a lot of yeah, a lot a of whole talent. lot of talent. All, all, uh, all three of them. And uh, yeah. Garza, Garza is he's phenomenal. I've been following him for a while, and he's he's got a little of that Guerrero that uh, I I I see, and I just love it. Um, uh, even though I know he's not a Guerrero, uh, he's got his own line uh, that he's yeah. uh, part of. But still, uh, I think. Um, yeah, he's great. And it was too early, you know, for them to to, to defeat the profit. So uh, I didn't expect it. And and the finish with uh, Bianca coming out, she's now, I guess that's her debut yeah. on the main roster. Good for her. I am excited for Bianca Belair in the main roster. I cannot wait to see what they do with him. Yeah. So uh, anything else to add, Mike? No, I pretty much said it. It was, it was entertaining. Uh, Street Profits deserve to win that one. And I like the, you know, I knew somebody was going to run out, you know, when they did the beating up at the end and everything. It was, mm-hmm. it was like, and I was very happy to see, you know, who it was. Yeah. Cause Selena doesn't usually do that. I was like, what is going on with this? So, well, uh, it also I, did, was... it did also didn't hurt because, you know, she's married to one of the street prophets. Yeah. Montez Ford. Yeah. yeah. Well, Bianca um, is. Yeah, yeah Bianca is. Zelina's the, married to Alistair Black. Yeah. yeah. Fun thing to look for in any Zelina Vega appearance. If she's wearing heels, she won't be doing anything. <laughs> if she's wearing flats, she will be doing a move. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Are you really looking at her feet? Hmm. All right. Uh, well, all right. Now so we know we what Alex's to... fetish is. Okay. <laughs> yes, it's anything Zelina Vega. Thank you. We got a five-way elimination match next uh, for the SmackDown Championship. This one went long. Um, thoughts on this one, Gerald? It did go a little bit long, although not to the extent that Edge and Orton did. But I think it was okay for what it was. But this is something that I think would have served better on a SmackDown than, you know, along with a lot of the other matches. There, there were a few matches that you could say, you know what, this is a better TV match than a pay-per-view event match. Uh, because there really was nothing special about it. Uh, with this match, yeah, Bailey, I think, was something that uh, we had said that uh, we thought that, uh, well, I think was, was it you, Austin? Was it, you know, which one of the guys? I know, I wasn't me, I know that, that said that um, Bailey was going to win the championship. I didn't think she was going to retain. I really thought that uh, Sasha Banks was going to win it. 
but again, it looks like there's going to be something of a, you know, an angle that's going to be continuing with those two eventually that they're going to go ahead. One's going to turn on the other. And we're going to see what happens there because I think Sasha Banks of the individuals that were in this match, I think she's the one that they're going to probably have the best chance of promoting. Um, but yeah, it, it was, a, it was a match. It was there uh, pretty much what it came down <laughs> to, but it was, it ran a little bit too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think a standout for this too for me was Lacey Evans. I thought she, I still think she's a talent that I almost thought she was going to end up with the belt at one point, um, especially after Sasha was eliminated. Because I was like, oh, now we don't know what's going to happen. Um, but uh, I think there's still uh, good things in her future. But um, anything else from uh, you, Alex? I think uh, I, I think Bailey definitely was the MVP of, of the match. Um, she had a great moment, which nobody else on the show did. Um, there's a moment in which she and and Sasha both fall outside the ring. One of the commentators said, wow, Bailey and Sasha almost eliminated at the same time. And she immediately yells, no, we weren't. Yeah, she, and it was like, okay. Michael, she was yelling at Michael Cole, which I which always love. needs to be done. Um, so <laughs> I love that aspect about it. Um, I, I love the fact that we started the build for Sasha versus Bailey here. Um, because yes, she hit her friend with a knee accidentally, but she pushed her out of the way um, when Lacey was going for the women's right. Just happened to be that she still got a woman's right off. Um, and then after the afterwards, you still had Sasha rescuing Bailey mm-hmm. uh, and even putting the belt around her waist, which is going to have Bailey going, wait, I don't trust my best friend, uh, which I think is fantastic. You're going to build that paranoia between the two, and you can build that through to SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think that's going to be great. Um, and let's let's see, you know, uh, uh, Bailey have this, like, really great reign. It um, is unfortunate out of, the, out of the women's champions on the, all three brands, it seems like this one is, like, the least exciting um to me but uh you know it's not for lack of effort on their part no Um, since they made bailey a heel i think it's been fantastic yeah i I do think that's been a good move i i was questioning at the beginning but i do think that's worked out pretty well all right so (laughs) now we get to the firefly funhouse match which nobody had any idea what was going to be when going in uh, I still think they don't know what it is going to be at all. Uh, ended up being uh, probably one of the strangest segments that uh, the WWE's ever done, and that's saying a lot. Um, but it was entertaining as hell. It, I agree with that. I think it was entertaining. I, I loved the ridiculousness and the silliness and the cleverness of a lot of this. Uh, this was... This was this was really unique. Um, I, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, Gerald, I get the feeling you did not. <laughs> People are going to say that this is one of the most entertaining things ever, or one of the worst things ever. First of all, can we even call it a match? Are no. we calling it a match? No, it was not a match. Okay, good, because it would go down as the worst match I've ever seen in in the history of professional wrestling that I've seen. This goes back to the late seventies. So. Um, it, to me, it's too insider. It caters to too many people that are our ages, which is great normally. But the fact is, if you're trying to build a new audience, this is not the match to do it. 
Uh, I know there were a lot of hands from what I read behind the scenes that were involved that wanted to go ahead and, and including John Cena wanted this, Bray Wyatt wanted that. Uh, for me, when the most entertaining part is the theme from Saturday Night's main event, that tells me that it's just something that I, I really didn't enjoy at all. And I thought it, I, I think the exact opposite of what you guys think. And I, this one of the few things that we're totally off base on. Uh, but I just thought this was a waste of space. No, I think I, I think you called it though. It's one of those things where you either love or you hate. And it's, it's you, like it, a car crash to me. It's like Tiger King <laughs> in a way. <laughs> you either embrace it, uh, the insanity, or yeah, you don't. And uh, I can definitely see that because yeah, I mean, ultimately, I you know, what does it mean? Who knows? But uh, it, it exposes an already exposed business even more. And it's just, to me, it bordered, it didn't border, actually went over into the ridiculous. And it's something that if I'm paying a lot of money to see, I don't want to see that. I don't, I wouldn't mind seeing it for free on television, on Raw or SmackDown. But when I'm paying X amount, yeah, that's a problem I have. Hmm. Mike, what about you? I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Sorry to say that, Gerald, but it's you know to each his own i'm cool no no, no but it was it was awesome i thought it was yes it was very insider extremely insider but i love how you know on smackdown on friday you know he cena was out there talking about you know a stain on the wrestling you know industry and how you know he's an egotist and you know that he ha- it has to be stopped and everything. And it wasn't talking about Bray Wyatt. It was talking about John Cena. And it was awesome. This was a total deconstruction of John Cena's character from the very beginning of it, from him walking into, you know, the fun house and going back there. It was awesome. For, you know, and I loved every second of it. You even got a uh, puppet McMahon cursing. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome and i loved you know i i want the meme that's been a meme too yeah i want the meme of the puppet of mcmahon with the horns i loved that that was just it was everything but it also opened up a lot of possibilities about the fiend too about now there could be three personalities in there about you now have also you know you know cult leader bray back possibly yeah i i i think too that like the fiend has been something that i think the wwe has been you know kind of like we don't know what we have here but they're willing to embrace the crazy and sometimes that works like i think it did last night and sometimes it really doesn't like the the awful you know fiend versus seth rollins cage match which was terrible um, but they are trying, they're trying to do something different. The red lighting with him, the, you know, they're, they're trying to treat this as something innovative and I, I'm glad that they're willing to take chances. And, and I like it when anytime they try to do something that hasn't been ever been done and sometimes it doesn't work, but I really appreciate the effort. Alex. This match was, was more in tune to the Matt Hardy broken universe aspect more so <laughs> than the uh the boneyard match <clears throat> because in the broken universe anything could happen you could find a mower of lawns uh or a dilapidated boat um in this case we had like mike said the complete deconstruction 
of uh, of Cena's career. And the idea that I was a little bit disappointed we didn't see him um, getting the chance to beat all of the Nexus again. <laughs> but they um, brought it up, especially about the, hus- the Husky. About yeah. the Husky Harris thing, yeah. Um, they also mentioned going from six to midnight, which I'm pretty sure we shouldn't have been hearing on a PG show. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, they did a they they did some interesting things and gave us things that we wanted to see because one of the big things that everybody asked for was a Cena heel turn and he came out as Hollywood. Oh, the Hogan. NWO scene was awesome. The NWO sequence where he came out wearing the black and white, doing the Hogan guitar thing or the you know uh, undisputed era guitar thing. Um, <clears throat> but I, I I think in that yes, it was insider. Yes, it was it was very. But that match specifically, if you want to call it a match, and I know most people don't, but that whole segment was built specifically for the people who have been saying WrestleMania 30 should have been a Bray Wyatt. I agree completely. Um, and, and the fact that they used Cena's line about overhyped, over, you know, over, you know, privileged um, uh, uh, characters going to disappear from existence. And then he vanished. Oh, that was, I was priceless. Was so interesting to me because I don't know what it means. And I, you know, there, we, we had that great moment with, with Titus and we did not mention that Gronk won the 24 seven title. Um, he just did. Uh, but where, yeah, that's more so than enough. We, when you got Titus and it's just a close up on Titus looking dumb. And he's like, I don't know what we just saw. Nobody knows what we just saw. The people who made it don't know what we just saw. Um, and, and I think that, you know, you've got to show that either is going to be remembered as innovative because it had to be due to the times or a total disaster because of the times you get the opportunity to take a risk like this. And in my opinion, even more so than the Boneyard match, this one succeeded. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I agree. I, I thought it was very entertaining and like I said, very clever and and fun um all right so lived up to its fun house all i have to say to finalize with that is god i'm glad i did acid in college (laughs) (laughs) that made me understand it completely all right so we all i gotta say is i'm maybe i'm sorry i did (laughs) there you go that's that i didn't i was fine with it (laughs) all right so we already talked a little bit about it so don't want to spend too much time on it because we're already over way over but uh, we've got a new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, any other thoughts on the Drew McIntyre-Brock Lesnar match? It was great to see Drew win. I love the fact that at the end of it, he actually um, pointed to the yes. camera and just said, thank you. Good point. Um, I'm, real which, quick, I, I think overall, in, like to Mike's point, instead of 
like still acting like there's an audience there. I don't know why more of them aren't pointing, like looking at the camera, looking at us at home. They really need to start doing that more. There's, there's an edict actually from the WWE that says you do not look at the camera. Yeah. Well, this is different. So, like now they need, they need is, yeah, to. I know they, they, they need to do it differently. Um, I thought this one was, I, I thought again, it's a problem. All the Brock matches do this now. It's finisher, finisher, finisher finisher um and my i my honest i'll be honest with you the first move of the rhea ripley charlotte match was the riptide mm-hmm. and charlotte yep. kicked out and when the first match the first move of this match was the claymore and brock kicked out mm, i i may have said some <laughs> things that the puppet vince said <laughs> um because my first thought was oh man they're gonna bury him i thought so too and it looked like that's exactly where they were going with it. Would I have liked to have seen them actually get into it more? Yes. I think you could have... Drew's believable throwing fists with Lesnar. Drew's believable being able to, to outmaneuver Lesnar. Lesnar and, and he... They could have had... We've seen Lesnar have great matches with, with guys like AJ and, and Daniel Bryan and everything like that. And we could have had that here. Instead, they rushed the finish. And honestly, it may be because they didn't have any more time left. Um, and, and in the long run, and that's, you know, put that on the, uh, on the extra 20 minutes, uh, like Gerald pointed out from, uh, from the Edge Orton match. <laughs> Edge Orton reminded me so much of the Undertaker Triple H um, Hell in a Cell because that one went 60 minutes and it needed to go 20. Um, and I th- and it, it, it cost the rest of the show. And I think that in this case, um, doing the match the exact same way that the Goldberg Braun match was done hurt this one in the long run but I love the idea that Drew is now the champion um, and has the opportunity. One, he's made history. He's the first British born champion. Um, wow. And that. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And it come, that's yeah, pretty cool. Right at a time where they've just signed a huge multi-million dollar deal with a British uh, uh, broadcasting company. What are the odds? Um, Gender part two. I, I, hmm. Uh, so, uh, and also now that we've looked at the big picture, we've got Drew who has won the world title next year. Let's just go ahead and predict it. Heath Slater wins the WWE world heavyweight championship, completing the three MB world championship run. All right. Now that's even crazier than the, than the Firefly Funhouse match. Uh, I might still be in the Funhouse. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, thoughts on that match as well as the entire uh, wrestling, um, the WrestleMania event, uh, Gerald? I mean, thoughts on that match, again, like, like Alex was saying, finisher, 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 done. Uh, we saw that the previous night. There were some chances, which is good to see the WWE make. Uh, did it always work out? No. But there were some good matches, uh, you know, in between. Uh, obviously, we mentioned that here on the show. I just like going forward the concept of a two-day WrestleMania weekend. And I think the one-night, 15-year-long WrestleManias that we go through each and every year, I mean, Mike, you said it yourself uh, on our show that you were at what till past midnight uh, last year watching it. And 
you know, these seven, eight hour, you know, uh, it's just people forget burnout. That's why going to a two day format, I think is something WrestleMania and the WWE should clearly think about going forward. I know they won't because they're already talking about advertising for LA next year, but I just think it's something that they should really strongly consider as a move going forward. Yeah. I think uh, to your point, I think it did hurt the final match last year. Uh, because the energy on that was just and it never will be for a crowd that's been sitting there seven eight hours it never will be for interest for us at home that have been sitting for seven eight hours it's just human nature if you have two clean days of three and a half hours three hours whatnot it, it really makes it for a lot better of experience overall you know whether you're watching something you like or you uh, don't. yeah alex what about you overall Overall, I, you know, as far as the experiment goes, I think they pulled off as best they could. Um, I feel overall the, sh- the shows were a success and they should be proud of what they accomplished. Were there matches that I would have seen differently? Absolutely. But we'll take a look and we'll see where we are in a couple of years. I, I think there's, there, there was more good than there was bad. And if it turns out that people were tuning in, for two nights solidly maybe we'll see something different next year not 100 percent sure they could pull it off because it depends i guess they've already got the arena for two days yeah so they should in hollywood they should they might be able to do it next year yeah um so i i think if they can get the tickets set up for it maybe even do something for people who had tickets for this wrestlemania to be able to sit there and go, hey, if you had tickets for WrestleMania, you've got night one in LA. And the people who are, who are buying tickets for, for the, the second night and, and split the card up. You know, if it gets, we had 16 matches on this one. The last time WrestleMania had 16 matches was WrestleMania four. And that had a world title tournament. And none of those matches went over four minutes. Mm. So this weekend, we got six and a half solid hours. Uh, of wrestling that that could have been three hours and 10 minutes. Um, <clears throat> and in the end, got some really, really, really excellent performances. Mike? I thought for what WWE was given, I think it was very well done. I thought they did with the two special matches, I don't think would have worked in a if a, if they did a big stu- if they were in the stadium you know oh let's cl- you know switch to the screen i think that would have been a huge failure if they would have gone that direction you would have had the same problem with the false yeah, count exactly exactly or the last man standing i'm sorry well, exactly but uh, they did that or... you know just at summer at uh sorry royal rumble at the baseball stadium mm-hmm. and they and they went That's all true. through and i thought it succeeded pretty well so i thought you know i think it was overall you know a huge success i think with what they were working with i thought it was great like you said there were a couple duds which you know you have that with any wrestlemania you just have certain matches that just are not meant to work and you hope you know it would and they also you know they didn't have a battle royal there were a lot of there was a lot of talent missing from this from this wrestlemania this year also and that was kind of sad to see there was like a 
quite a few people. I was like, where's so-and-so? Where's this person? Where's that person? And they were nowhere to be seen on the card at all. And they would have been included in the, you know, battle Royal. So that kind of was a hindering too. But the big thing I was really excited to hear was about the new director they brought on board. You know, I heard, you know, David Lynch is going to do a great job from this point on with the WWE. <laughs> yes. I think, uh, I think uh, the fiend and David Lynch are made a uh, match made in, in the fun house. Uh, we'll just put it that way. Um all right. Um, uh, I'm just going to say that, uh, you know, like you guys said, I think it's kind of, I mean, it is what it is, but it, I don't want to just say, oh, they did a good job considering, um, because I think they just did a good job, period. Um, uh, I think uh, certainly under the circumstances, they had to do a lot of things differently than they normally would. And yet they still were able to adapt and overcome and put on an entertaining two night event, which uh is amazing there's some duds in there and if you cut out like you know four or five of these matches that you know we just breezed over that weren't really necessary then uh you know i think you could make a solid one night uh of of good matches but you know we'll see what they what they do in the future um it's great that they've got all this talent that deserves to be that everybody's excited for that deserves to be shown off and i thought all of the, everybody involved did did a great job. So I, I give them all the credit in the world. And I think this is going to be one that, you know, people will remember for whatever reason, for better or for worse, people will remember. And with that said, thank guys for joining me in the squared circle here. Um, we will be right back to close out the show. Finally. everybody michelle here with an iconic rock talk show moment and there is no question that right now is a very stressful time for everybody so i thought i would just share a couple of musically related stories um, about good things happening um, in relation to current events and one of them is uh, lizzo uh, wanted to show some appreciation to uh, healthcare workers um, who are doing so much to deal with this crisis. So she sent uh, free lunches to um, staffs at a number of, of hospitals around the country, including Minneapolis, Seattle, her hometown of Detroit, California, New Jersey, and New Orleans. There might have been some more even in there. Um, also, uh, Pink announced that she and her son tested positive for uh, COVID-19 and uh, she is doing better and has donated 500000 each to two different um, emergency funds, um, 500000 each to the Temple University Hospital Fund in Philadelphia. And that's in honor of her own mother who uh, worked in the hospital's cardiomyopathy and heart transplant uh, center for two, 20 years. And the other 500000 went to the Mayor's Fund for Los Angeles. And uh, I kind of want to echo her statements here. She called healthcare workers heroes and says, These next two weeks are crucial. Please stay home. Please stay home. And uh, I second that. Um, please be careful. Please be safe. Please be responsible for yourself and for others. 
Um, this is the Iconic Rock Talk Show moment. The blog is iconicrocktalkshow.wordpress.com. Right now I've got um, an uplifting story about uh, a rock journalist named Jane Scott, who was uh, an unsung but very interesting part of rock and roll history. Um, and we will catch you next time. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week this Geek Girl is talking about the new DuckTales episodes for Season 3. So we finally have a new season of DuckTales. The first two episodes aired on April 4th, and we got to see all our favorite characters back and see the start of their new adventures this season. The first episode focuses on the Woodchucks and a head-to-head -head race between Huey and Violet as they race to become the next senior Woodchuck. We also see Scrooge and gang find a map from a great explorer and, in the end, find her journal with all of the adventures she never got to take. And they decide that this season, they're going to go on those adventures. The second episode, we see a not-so-normal duck family that we are used to seeing. A very 90s sitcom-esque with laugh track and everything. We even get a Goofy cameo in this episode, which I was super excited to see. I think that's really cool that they decided to put him in there. We find out that all the characters are actually in a 90s style sitcom because Donald wished on a genie's lamp to have a normal family day and the last time the genie saw a normal family was in the 90s. We find out that this is actually one of the adventures that the great explorer from the first episode never got to go on. So we also get to see a connection between those. This season started off great, and I'm so excited to see what we have in store for future episodes this season since the commercial just shows so much stuff, and I'm super excited about it. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? You're going to have to listen to find out. And that's going to wrap up an episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank everyone for being here. Gerald, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. Oh, it was great talking some WrestleMania with you guys. Appreciate it so much. Anything you're going to shout out about real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you get a chance out there, a great place to go for all things geek is the ESO Network. And one of the great things that you'll find there each and every week on Monday and Friday is the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse, where we go ahead and update you on the latest and greatest in news information in the world of pop culture, whether it's video games, movies, what have you. We talk it all on the Pop Culture Cosmos. That is awesome. It's a great show, folks. Definitely listen. And, Thank you. And of course, Mr. Alex Autry. I have so enjoyed myself. I feel like uh, I'm becoming a regular again. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, you are. That application for co-host is still pending, though. Just remember that. <laughs> I think I'm good. Okay. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Last week, I made a big shout out about uh, my, my friends at Southern Honor Wrestling doing a show uh, built entirely for the uh, for, for the wrestlers themselves uh, as a way to get them some money during these trying times. Uh, obviously, with the stay-at-home order in place, they have had to cancel that show, oh. uh, which would have been which would have been taped uh, this Friday, uh, April 10th, and then released April 11th. Um, it is a shame. So instead of, again, reminding everybody about that show, what I will do, since this is a wrestling uh, show this week, apparently, is to say, support your local wrestlers. Support the independents. Right now, they have no 
money coming in. Um, I actually was, I, I got the chance to sponsor one of the matches. Uh, I was devastated when the money came back to me. Um, so I'm actually taking that money and I'm buying some shirts from some of the wrestlers. Um, it's not exactly what the best thing for them to do, but it's enough to help get them by in this time. Cause there's honestly, there's no telling when they're going to get another paycheck. And, uh, for people who are trying to live their dream, that's rough. Uh, go to tpublic.com uh, or prowrestlingtees.com. Um, find your favorite wrestler and um, buy a t-shirt, buy a poster, uh, do something for uh, some folks who, if it wasn't for this, they would be entertaining the hell out of you right now. Sounds perfect. And Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, sir. We did in another marathon. Uh, and then, you know, this is how it feels after WrestleMania weekend. Um, so I'm exhausted. Uh, I, I don't know about you, <laughs> but as always, it's my pleasure, sir. Anything you want to shout out about? Um, actually I do wanted to give a shout out. Um, you know, we talked about WrestleMania and all that stuff. If people are watching, have watched WrestleMania, most of them did it through the network. Um, I have to give a shout out to the folks at the network for putting together the two programs that I love, 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 love. Are there chronic? I can't really tell them apart because they kind of do the same thing, but they're chronicle shows and they're 24 hour shows. Like, uh, um, the recent one, the one they did recently on edge coming back was, I mean, as a documentary goes, like it's award winning in my opinion. I mean, it's just amazing the behind the scenes stuff and it's really you know, it breaks kayfabe. It doesn't really, you know, um, uh, it, it's, it really talks about what goes into behind the scenes of this stuff. And I know it's coming from the WWE. So there's certain things that they're probably not going to talk about, but yet it's amazing how honest they are um, regardless. So, um, and I haven't been disappointed in any of those. Uh, I thought they they do a really good job, standout job with producing those things. So I'll give a credit to that. That sounds awesome. Definitely. Worth checking out if you have a subscription to WWE. Uh, my shout out real quick. I caught a movie over the weekend. Didn't get to see it at the theater, but I got to see Onward. And it was awesome. It was the new film by Pixar. And if you're into D&D, if you're into fantasy, if you're a geek, or if you just have loved ones that you miss, it's a great, great coming of age story. And Pixar knocks it out of the ballpark once again. and was great loved it and definitely worth checking out on disney plus and no we don't get paid by them so please if they want to send us some shekels we'd be very happy to take that but folks we love hearing from you guys and we hope you guys are taking care of yourself please if you get a chance write us we'd love to hear from you guys write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com all right We'll be back again next week when we are going to be doing a comic spotlight. That's right. We're going to be looking at writer Roy Thomas. He was Stan Lee's uh, right-hand man for Marvel Comic in the late 60s, early 70s. And he was, you know, has so much what we saw in Avengers Endgame to thank for. And there's just so much to talk about with Roy Thomas and it'll be great to do it. But until then... My name is Mike Faber. On behalf of myself, Mr. Mike Gordon, Alex Autry, and of course, Gerald Glassford, thank you so much for being here, folks. We'll see you here next time on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we are done. Boom. You've been listening to the Earth Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. 
If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.